0: And it ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen.
1: Hey, Phil. How are you?
0: Well, I am amazing. How are you, my friend?
1: Man, I am doing great as well. Of course, it's our amazing Wednesday show, and uh, we are finishing up a series tonight, aren't we?
0: We are indeed. We've been working through 10 breakthrough technologies for 2017 from MIT Technology Review. They they do that every year. And every year we manage to make at least one show out of it. Uh, we've, we've managed to milk three shows out of it this year. So I feel like we're, you know, just better all the time is kind of where I'm going with that. But, uh, you know, technically we could do 10 shows
1: out of this list because there are, there yeah, are 10 shows. Yeah, and I think it, it, with just a little bit more work on our part, probably could next year. Because uh, each one of these topics is pretty awesome. And uh, I
0: don't know if I like the sound of that more work thing, but <laughs> other than that, yeah, that's that's an intriguing okay. idea. We'll think, think about uh, think about doing that. Although I think we've hit the I, we've hit the stride. They give us a list of ten. The first show we did four. The second show we did three. The third show we did three. I, I, it feels kind of graceful up. like we right. we gave each one its due. We didn't have to beat a dead horse, but we didn't have to rush through anything. This seems like a pretty good pace, right. I think. So, that's right.
1: And uh, and if you if you find any one of these topics boring, hang on. We're about to move hang we're on. about to move to another one. We're not We uh, have to we have on another one another for
0: you. That's a, that's exactly right. right. So, we'll begin with the I guess eighth item on the list, the cell atlas. Biology's next mega pro- mega project. We'll find out what we're really made of, and so this is uh, this is some interesting stuff here. What we're talking about is well, uh, I was I, w- I had some notes I was going to re- reference there, and uh, my computer's freezing up on me, so I can't reference my notes. But uh, the the idea of the the idea of the cell atlas is we're going to take a much deeper dive into looking at the constituent parts of the human cell. And getting a real feel for how it's built, kind of from the kind of from the ground up, it's it's almost kind of an engineering look at the look at the cell, similar to what we see in Aubrey de Grey's strategies for engineered negligible senescence. It's this isn't aimed at fighting aging, but it's that same kind of approach. Am I right? It, kind of a let's let's look at the inner workings of the cell uh, um, from the molecules up and
1: and finally understand it. And and it's meant to be comprehensive i mean every every aspect of what's going on in uh in your body uh you know it, you look deep enough you can find the answer for what's going on there and the thought is i with better understanding comes better uh you know uh, means to fix whatever problems that we have uh you can you can uh, discover uh drug targets and everything else uh for various diseases or problems if uh if we if we understand things better so yeah you know, uh, it, you know, I, my my thought is, well, you know, duh, aren't we always, Phil, trying to uh, gain a deeper understanding of biology, and that' what biology is all about? What makes this different? What, what, uh, you know, makes this project a little different from what is normally going on? You know. Well,
0: I think it's what you said. It's the comprehensive nature of it. It's the fact that yeah. they're that they're working it from. It's- from, it'll be one from work. Down,
1: but it'll, it'll be one work that you can uh, that uh, you know reference. I guess is is what we're looking at. It's digitization That's right. of the entire thing. Of, you, know,
0: you, you you get the you get the one stop shop for understanding how the how the cell works. And it's interesting when you think about the cells, how much we've learned about them, how much is studied. For example, in one particular part, obviously the DNA, which we think of as kind of this driving force behind so much of what makes up life, what 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 drives, what happens to us, it, it kind of sets our destiny. But that's just one part of a cell. Um, it's, it's, yeah. it's an important part for sure, but it's just one part of it. And in a sense, each cell in our body is kind of like its own little world. And we have trillions <laughs> trillions of these little worlds making up us. We're colonies of these... Of these little almost organisms in their own right, really worthy of study in their own right. when you think about yeah, it, something is-
1: especially especially the uh, little mitochondria, that thing is is the energy factory of uh, of your cells. Uh, but it's obvious that at some point in the distant past it was its own it was its own little creature, and it was just absorbed into the uh, into cells. Uh, because it could, you know, it was very efficient at producing energy. It has its own DNA separate from the DNA of uh, at, at the center of, uh, of of our of our cells. It's ah, uh, that's an interesting little, you know, uh, thing that we we've, we've absorbed into our body that we couldn't live without, right? And uh, well, so. absolutely, we
0: could not. Um, one one of the reasons that that we trace ancestry of all human beings to to one woman who lived. Uh, what was it about fifty thousand years ago? Is because we know that people used to have different DNA in their mitochondria, but now we all have the same DNA in our mitochondria. So there's there's, there's right. mitochondrial Bi-
1: Eve, who mitochondrial is, Eve, yeah,
0: and there's a the mother there, of there's us all a,
1: There's yeah, there's an Adam that lived. You know, <laughs> interesting. You know, that Adam would be at a different time. Uh, that you know, and and they don't call him mitochondrial Adam. Uh, it's uh, he's got a, he's got a different name, but he, he lived at a different time, and we we can all uh, but we can all trace our, uh, our our ancestry to to him as well. So that's well. In of, fact, uh, there
0: are multiple multiple common ancestors to every human yeah. being on earth. one uh, w- one of the interesting challenges in paleontology is trying to determine the date of the most recent Common ancestor, right? When was it? Right. And people, people sometimes confuse mitochondrial Eve with the most recent common ancestor, and she's not. There are, there are both men and women after her that we're all descended from. Probably yep. back to about, I don't know, I, I'm not looking at anything here, so I'm just, this is kind of guessing, but I think about 20,000 years ago, there were two people or one person that we're all descended from so even more recently than even more recently than eve but we digress that's that's really not yes, the
1: yes. <laughs> not, not not really hey hey the digressions are you know those are for free you know we don't charge any extra <laughs> we don't charge extra
0: when we digress we, just, we do it we do it because it's fun but i love the idea of i love the idea of doing an atlas of of cells you know th- this idea that if you got 37.2 trillion cells in your body and each one similar right in some in some ways to all of the others but each one different each one each one distinct from from all the others just the amount of complexity the amount of kind of averaging that has to be done even at this stage of our development with all of our information technology that's available to us this is a, this is a project that can grow and grow as we get better at examining the cells as we get better at digging deeper into them, and as we get better at recording all the information. So, so what, I think what we're really seeing here, you know, they talk about this thing being available in five years, and five years from now we'll be a lot farther along with how, how well we're able to catalog this kind of stuff and, and keep track of it. But this is a, this is a good start for a 100-year project. You know, this is, yep. uh, this is something that we'll be working on for, for a, long time to, a long time to come. And it's it's got it's got big folks behind it. Um, you know, uh, Mark Zuckerberg is participating in this, and I think that this is probably connected to some of his other biotech projects, including his effort to cure all diseases. And you can see where information from the cell atlas would be vital to taking on that you know that that particular problem. If you want to cure all diseases? Well, knowing the cells better is is going to is going to play a play an awfully big role in that and they've got folks from MIT and Harvard working on it five-year timeline I think this is going to be an interesting project to watch I think we're going to see some interesting and maybe surprising discoveries come out of this effort things things we never guessed about ourselves we're going to learn over the next few years
1: all right the next topic Phil is a bit of a downer and uh, I'm you know why? Why exactly MIT would it include it on a list of breakthrough technologies is is a little uh, mysterious to me. But it's interesting and it's worth talking about. Uh, the botnet of things. Now, what's a botnet? That's uh, it's a uh, when when hackers gain control of computers, right? And uh, you know, they they might use a little bit of the processing power on your computer, a little bit on mine, and 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 you know, fifty thousand other computers to accomplish whatever you know terrible thing they're trying to do right right well the internet of things uh, allows connectivity of everything i mean uh every little gadget in your house toaster refrigerator everything can be connected to the internet and guess what those things are little computers and so that gives them an opportunity uh these these hackers uh you know i suppose they could use it to spy on people in their homes or things like that but it's even if they're not interested in you in particular they could use the uh the computation of these devices to uh to accomplish their their things so you know you you might you might think to have uh, uh be keeping your computer up to date with uh, virus protection things like that but uh you know who thinks of doing that for their toaster right so that's uh that's you know that's it's a whole other problem that uh you know it, it obviously needs uh it needs us to be aware of and, and kind of step gently into the Internet of Things uh, uh, is how I take it, Phil. How, how do you take it? I mean,
0: Well, I, I think I'm, so. Bruce, Bruce Schneerer, who writes this, he, he writes frequently about Internet security and cybercrime and those those kinds of issues. And it is a sobering thing to consider. He, he talks a little bit about the history of botnets. They've been around for at least a decade, he says. We, we, yep. we didn't have a celebration of any kind to – you know, mark the day <laughs> when we
1: remember that botnet well, have been My around goodness, first. why in the world didn't we do that, right?
0: Yeah, but for those yeah. not familiar, the idea of a botnet is basically it is a network that has been—it's kind of an ad hoc network put together by malicious software that turns a whole bunch of machines into essentially slaves, minions, carrying out the evil intent of the uh, of the software that that's that's driving the whole. the the whole practice it's it's kind of a there's a little bit of a night of the living dead a little bit of a zombie thing going on here with with botnets everybody's computer is at risk of becoming part of a botnet that's why you have your firewall it's why you have your virus protection software to begin with you don't want something getting on your machine that makes it part of some network trying to achieve some malicious aim also you don't want that stuff on there getting at your data and and Doing or evil slowing to you down or whatever. Or yeah. slowing you down. Exactly right. Now, yeah. the thing is, we've got this wonderful thing called the Internet of Things, which is we're putting sensors and processors on the whole world. And we have talked a lot about the Internet of Things. The Internet of Things is not a bad thing. I get very annoyed with Glenn Reynolds because he's very down on the Internet of Things. And he talks uh, – he, he's, he's always making these – Little slide, You know, I don't like the Internet of Things. See more Internet of Things. And what he means when he uses the term Internet of Things is this risk. That, yeah. that, that is specifically what he's talking about, is the risk that all of these machines can be subsumed into some nefarious purpose, that those little processors that are doing good things for you or often not necessarily for you, but for someone else, right? You've got, you've got all these things that are collecting data. You use some of it, but a lot of it's going to somebody else to begin with. Are they exposing you to all kinds of risk? And I think it's very telling that that big target breach from three or four years ago, biggest breach of all time at that point, it may have been surpassed since then, unfortunately, but that big breach was caused by exploiting a computer that was running an hvac system. Okay, so yeah. somewhere in target there's a computer that's running the air conditioner and that thing had access that it shouldn't have had to the network and that's how they stole all those credit cards. And it's it's and, and, that
1: and you know and and the target guys weren't thinking about the computer that was running the air conditioner when it came time to think about security, you know? right? It's, it was it's always the it's always the back door you don't think about, right? It's the, it's the little little thing that and 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 so you um, you multiply the risk of, of there being some little black back door the more the more you add to your Internet of Things it's and so I I think ultimately the solution is going to be some broad based um, system that uh, brings together all of your devices in your Internet of Things under one protective umbrella. It's, you know so that everything is is protected uh by one thing one shield so you don't have to you don't have to worry about updating your toaster you know um uh, or whatever it, i i think it's it, there has to be some uh central you know protection uh that that would be applied to everything that you need it to be applied to that everything so you don't that's have to touching your stuff Right, yeah.
0: because you, you wouldn't bring in a new computer and have it, well, you know what, I'm not going to put this one behind the firewall, but I'm going to connect it to my computer. You wouldn't do that, right? right. But that's effectively what, what everyone is doing with all yeah. these you, Internet you of buy, Things.
1: Yeah, I mean, you buy some digital uh, you, you know, toothbrush, and you don't think to, you know, uh, about protection of, 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 you know, for the processor and that right and uh but and, and and you shouldn't have to think about it. That's the thing before in my my, to my way of thinking, the Internet of things gets real, where people will readily adopt it and use it when you don't have to think about you know uh, managing it, when it's smart enough to where you, it's just plug and play, you just you know bring home, and it's just no harder to use than a regular toothbrush, it's just giving you data. OK, you're <laughs> you're not you're not brushing long enough. You're not you know, are you're uh, or we even detect, you know, it, it, it even detect disease or something like that. That's that's when uh, Internet things gets real. It's when you don't have to uh, worry about it. You just get the power part of it. You don't have to get the uh, the management because, because who, it has yeah, they, they, that, right?
0: we've got we've got to sort we've got to sort that out. It really is. I, I think it very it is very much like a, a biological agent. I, I think we, we probably want to use that kind of analogy. You're, you're allowing these living things into your ecosystem. They've all got to be benign. Every one of them's got to be benign. They can't—they they can't be on the verge of going cancerous because they will if they—if they can. And the thing is, we want the Internet of Things. People who are skeptical about it aren't seeing the big picture, which is that we're going to be able to do really amazing stuff. And on the enterprise side. You know, organizations are already doing really incredible things with the Internet of Things. I get to hear some of this, and I get to write about it a little bit, just in terms of you know managing fleets and managing inventories and, and some of these large enterprise business type applications of the Internet of Things, it's really amazing what's being accomplished. and our story about the jet engine is all about the Internet of Things. The, the whole right. idea of, of footprints uh, data footprints increasing. While energy output and material mass and, and uh, all other physical footprints decreasing that 's all driven by the internet of things it's it 's what enables that to happen our whole our whole process of ephemeralization that we talk about is really enabled by that so Internet of Things needs to push ahead, but they got to fix this yesterday this because they can 't push ahead with it you, you can't you can't have it doing increasingly more complex and more uh, integrated into your life tasks if they haven't solved this, this security problem. I mean, swinging it back to the earlier stories, one of the, one of the things they were talking about there is giving every cell its own zip code. Every cell has kind of its own, its own IP address in this, in, in this model. I mean, that, that's kind of like the, you know, that's the Internet of Cells, right, that they're creating. That's kind of the ultimate uh, right. I, I, Internet of Things application. That's the kind of thing we're talking about. When you create a network out of 37 trillion cells in the human body, that's amazing. The 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 kinds of things we'll be able to accomplish with that kind of technology. There's no holding it back. We've got to have that. That's it's a it's a big part of what our future is going to be. But
1: it's the, they got to fix it's this our world now. waking. It's you know it's our world waking up around us. I mean right and, but, right. It's got but it's got to wake up to do to do yeah. good stuff for us and not you know not do us harm. And so yeah, if, you know to me uh, uh, let's. <laughs> I, I'm not going to be big in jumping in until the things that bother Glenn Reynolds are taken care of, but I see the promise you talk about. So,
0: yeah, we, um, we, and, and, the and the reason, and, and the reason fair, they got to fix it is because it's not optional, we've got to have the internet of things, so they got to fix this that's, that's point right.
1: Point. that's right that's right and and then faster, please right so <laughs> exactly
0: yeah <laughs> well very fa- very much faster, please on the security, and then faster yeah. please, on all those awesome applications of the internet of things and then that takes us to this next one this this might actually play a role, who knows reinforcement learning we've talked about this a little bit by experimenting, computers are figuring out how to do things that no programmer could teach them. We, we talked about this a while back. There's really good examples around computers learning games. We know for example that reinforcement learning has played a large role in AlphaGo, um, being the computer that is is blowing away all the all the go players in the world. It beat the top go player and then a couple weeks ago I guess beat a consortium of the world's best go players. So now not only not only can it beat the best player in the world, it can beat the it can beat the combined best players in the world, which I'm not sure, by the way, that that was any better. It would be interesting if you took like the top nine and pitted them against the the top one. Who would win? Right? I'm I'm not yeah. sure that, uh, that 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 putting them all together like that helped all that much. But it just makes the point. Um, yeah. Reinforcement learning allowed this program, what's it called, uh, Deep Deep Mind, to develop strategies for Go. That no human has ever come up with or likely ever would come up with or could execute right because it's a computer and it gets to do things that that, that we don't do and to give an example of what those might be because go is too complicated for mortals like us to understand I, I don't get go and so I, I, I can't speak very eloquently about strategies or solutions, but swinging it back to an example we we used a while back when we talked about this, they were teaching computers to play Atari video games. And I believe they started with Breakout and they were developing the ultimate optimal strategies for Breakout and using reinforcement learning. These computers were beating Breakout faster than any human would ever be able to, not because they move faster or any of that kind of stuff, but because they were playing strategies that a person just would never have thought of, you know, you're going to tunnel this one little thing through very slowly, and then you're going to get that the ball or whatever you call it, the cursor that's that's eating away at the that's eating away at the box. You're going to you're going to trap it back there, and it, 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 it eats the whole thing. There were there were all kinds of these bizarre strategies that came up with for beating first that and then Pac-Man and a lot of these other Atari games that people just couldn't learn, but it could learn because it would try everything and it which means it tried a million outrageous could never work in a million year strategies and then one that seemed like it was that actually turned out to be a very effective strategy or or the first move of a very, a very effective strategy because then what you do is you try a million new things right and you keep and then you you try a million other things and by by reinforcing the behavior that pays off these computers were able to quickly learn to do things that a that a human just couldn't do and that's what's being applied in 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 well, playing the I mean, game of go you could
1: give a you could give a computer 14 lifetimes of video game blank
0: yeah. and
1: with with perfect recall right i mean that's uh um in in you know a like human just you know you're gonna have you're gonna have a life outside of video games hopefully right and so <laughs> um uh you know that and so it it's it has an opportunity to learn things and uh, to a greater depth than uh, than a human player ever could and uh so that's that's interesting I, you know another thing I, I i heard of um is uh google translate um it developed its uh a its own intermediate language for translating um the, uh, you know, one language into another. So it, it developed its own language independent of anything that any Google programmer asked it to do. It it came up with a, it, somehow it became, it, it was easier for this translating algorithm to translate into this intermediate language and then, you know, uh, from Russian to this intermediate language and then from that to into English. It was doing it better and more efficiently that way than any other way. I thought that was fascinating too, that, you know, no, no programmers involved in that. It was coming up with its own way of doing things. So.
0: Yeah, and, and and a solution that humans have tried before, but not to solve that problem.
1: We've created languages right. to right.
0: create world peace, or because it's more beautiful or more grammatically perfect, or some or you know, interesting or reason like that, yeah. but not not terribly useful reason like that. But Yeah, this, this computer, uh, I believe it was probably using reinforcement learning, actually, because w- what you get – with With reinforcement learning is you value a move, you value a a particular direction so so a, a a step that moves you towards your goal is worth more than a step that doesn't move you towards your goal and of course, after you make gazillions of steps you've got you've got a really good broad picture of what are the good steps and what are the bad steps, what's trending in one direction, what's trending in another. Well, if if your job is to connect every language to every other language, think of all the just common units of meaning, which it wasn't even seeing as units of meaning, but just as kind of like right steps versus wrong steps that it was seeing in there. And it was like, well, I'll just create an intermediate layer that covers all of them. And that intermediate layer that it created – you know what I'm saying? It wasn't even really necessarily trying to create a language. That's just what it came up with, right in the in in the in the process of in the process of solving that problem. It's because that's what you need. Is you need this middle language. And I think we should all work on learning that language. I think you know it's obviously the uh, <laughs> it, it, it it
1: must be the perfect language, right? Yeah, uh,
0: we'd, it, <laughs> it, it, it probably would wouldn't work at all like, as a language.
1: You know, it, it works it, great it, as this. <laughs> water in between languages but uh. <laughs> it would probably sound a lot like uh, when you were dialing into american online you know <laughs> <a> like-
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> probably so probably so but that
0: but i i i think it's great that you mentioned that because that gives you an idea of people hear about reinforcement learning and they think it's all fun and games but but the applications for this are immense any basically if you look at a game and say what is a game? Well, people amuse themselves. It's entertainment. It's frivolous. It's not important. But what a game is, is a, it's a problem space. It, it is a defined set of parameters for a, pro, for a set of problems that need to be solved. What else is that? Well, everything is that. Everything that we, that we try to accomplish is a problem space. And so if reinforcement learning is providing completely unprecedented, ingenious, better than we could ever have come up with solutions for games at this stage. What's it going to do at subsequent stages, right? What's going to happen when we start applying it to things like, once again, since we mentioned it earlier, Mark Zuckerberg's project to cure all diseases, right? What if that was a game, right? The the object of the game is to cure all diseases. Because ultimately, you can think of any big problem that needs to be addressed in those kinds of terms. There's an object of the game, and there's a – set of parameters that you're that you're playing within it now we got to do is figure out how to win right figure out the figure out the best way to win and we're teaching computers to teach themselves how to do that in ways that we frankly would never have been able to pretty amazing stuff
1: (laughs) we we ought to turn some ai loose on the problem of uh, of aging right and uh, you know uh, absolutely yeah. I, I, keep, keep me keep me alive, uh, you know, uh, and and go. <laughs> what what do you need to do? Um, and, yeah, But uh, it's
0: this kind of thing. This is why I have confidence that at one at some point the robots really will take over because we'll ask them to. Because they'll be better at a lot of this kind of stuff than we are. You know, all this government stuff, we can't really figure it out, how to get along and all that kind of stuff, and they'll be like, "Oh, we well, we figured out a shortcut here. This will help you." Um, <laughs>
1: Oh, gosh. We,
0: we, we might give it. That up one sounds us. pretty spooky. Uh, you know, well, I've, yeah, I suppose it does, but not to me. It sounds very hopeful <laughs> and optimistic to me, so I'm sticking with it. All right, well that does it, Stephen. We've got very little time left. Out of our ten MIT technology breakthrough technologies, do you have a favorite?
1: Oh, um, hmm. Uh, from tonight, um, you know, I'm going to go with Cell Atlas for tonight. But uh, um, hmm, I'm trying to think of uh, what my favorite would be for the entire week. Um, uh, What's your favorite? Uh,
0: Well, I'm back to gene therapy 2.0. But one of the things that's interesting about this is how well the rest of these interact with each other. Because when you think about, ah, gene therapy is going to solve so many problems, it's going to cure all these diseases. How much is that going to be helped by the cell atlas, right? How much is that going to be helped by reinforcement learning and even by things like botnets of things uh internet of things anyway not 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 necessarily botnets i suppose so i think there's a whole (laughs) cluster of exciting stuff around there and then the practical quantum computers is maybe like the other super exciting axis um of
1: so so basically we give uh we give uh ibm's watson the cell atlas and uh tell it to use reinforcement learning to you know solve all diseases and uh you know
0: I, I think I get Zuckerberg it. can get, get that done for under his, what did he, what did he put up, $3 billion? I think he can get it done for a billion and a half if he, uh, <laughs> if he follows that, <laughs> that, that basic outline. Anyway, here's hoping, right? So That's right. All right. Well, there it is, folks. That's your 10 breakthrough technologies for 2017. We'll be back next year with an all-new list, a compliments of MIT Technology Review. And we'll be back on Friday with a brand-new show. Look forward to being with you all then. And until next time, live to see it.